On this ninth Saturday in ordinary time, let us pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St Mark. In the course of his teaching, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplaces, seats of honour in synagogues and places of honour at banquets. They devour the houses of widows and, as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury, for they have all contributed from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We finish this new week in the company of God's words, words that shall never pass away, words that will resound forever, from heart to heart, from generation to generation until the end of time, even when everything else passes. Words of God, words that were forever imprinted in the sacred scriptures by those who wrote them through his inspiration, and live on in the hearts that believe them and put them into practice in their lives. That's why we could run out of Bibles, of printed copies of the Word of God. If something dramatic happened and we were left without books, if all the places where the Word of God is recorded were destroyed, God's words would still live on in your heart and mine when we live them. They shall never pass. There are words and phrases in the Word of God that we shouldn't easily overlook or pass by. How beautiful it is to try to go over them again and again in our hearts, because they're key, they're fundamental. Those are words that give birth to other words, words that help us change our mind, words that shall never pass, but that we must revive again and again. How can we do that? By living them ourselves, by putting them into practice by not allowing them to pour through our hearts, but rather letting them become part of our flesh and blood. What words of God represent you? What words of God do you think others will remember when you leave this world? What words of God do you present to this unbelieving world? It's beautiful to think that each one of us, in some way, is like a word in God's message to humanity of the great book of life. How good it is to ask ourselves which word of God found us, because the word of God, in some way, finds us, meets us along the way. Some Saturdays, I suggest that we go over our glimpses of the gospel of the previous week. I think it's helpful. It's a step further that we can take. Yet, this Saturday, I suggest we meditate on today's gospel. It could be said that all of the Gospel, all of the texts of the Gospel, 
are like a drama where some need to be saved and show it, and some don't need salvation and are proud of that. They have everything and need nobody. I dare say that the history of humanity as a whole is the story of those who think they have saved themselves because of their power, their prestige, their fame, their pretended religiosity and holiness, by their own plans and by so many things. And those who never think they can be saved by any human circumstance or factor, but who always say that salvation is a gift, a gift from on high and not from this material world. Amidst all this, in the centre of history, Jesus wants to show us with his love that true salvation doesn't come from the powers of this world, but from his merciful love, from his loving heart, a heart that loves forever. From the cross he keeps telling us that stepping down from the cross and refusing to sacrifice ourselves is no good. It's worth loving until the end. Trying to take the place of honour, being greeted in the streets and public places, being acclaimed by others, is pointless. All that is worthless. What's valuable is something else. That's why the poor widow in today's Gospel, or better said, the widow who was poor, gave more than anyone else. She didn't want to keep anything for herself, but rather, with whatever little she had, she somehow wanted to help others so they could be saved. She didn't think of herself or keep what she had or save it or put it away, thinking of her own survival. But she trusted that God would never forsake her if she gave her heart away. That's the way generous people think, knowing they'll never be forsaken. They give knowing that what they give somehow will be multiplied and just as they were willing to be generous, someone else will be generous to them. That's how they think. They don't give so that others will give to them. They give, trusting that someone who is as generous, or even more generous than they are, will come their way. The poorest woman gave more than all the rich, according to today's Gospel. Evidently, as someone once said, Jesus isn't very good at math. How can it be said that the one who gave the smallest amount is in fact the one who gave the most? Does that seem logical to you? Does it seem logical to this world, which always tries to get the maximum return on investment? Jesus doesn't know about math or investments or markets or profits. What he measures and calculates is something else. It's something that comes from the heart and cannot be measured. I prefer to think that he looks at what we have trouble seeing. For Jesus, giving a lot doesn't equal giving with our heart, and giving little can be equal to giving it all. It's not always like that, but it can be so, as in today's Gospel. This may seem strange to our mind, that calculates and measures it all, thinking that the life of the heart is pure math, where one plus one always equals two, Yet we know that's not always so. Thankfully, the things of God are different, otherwise we'd be in trouble. The life of the heart is not hard science, science as the world conceives it. It goes along different lines, and while we try to measure it all and translate it into figures, even salvation, haggling with God to see what he'll give us if we give him something, 
Jesus changes it all and teaches us to see things differently, to understand reality in a different way. Let's try today to experience and believe that salvation, that is, our joy and fulfilment, because that's what salvation is, that a deep communion with our God, whose Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that salvation and joy for our family, have nothing to do with the assets we own and accumulate. It has everything to do with the generosity with which we live. Let's leave mathematics in the hands of Jesus, who, thanks to his Father, maybe doesn't know so much about mathematics. Let's learn from the widow, who knew how to give it all away, even when nobody noticed except for Jesus. How great, how beautiful that Jesus should be the only one to notice what we give when we give. Thank you, Lord, for looking at the heart and not appearances. May we have a good day and may the blessings of our merciful God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us always.